Welcome to this week in Marymount Warriors Athletics here in East P Media, powered by Sodom Sports and MarymountSports.com. I'm Jason Griefer. As always, we're joined by Marymount Athletic Director Tom Neural. Tom, good to have you back with us. Let's jump it right into uh, the previous week and what we've got co- coming forward. Let's start with your uh, girls' basketball team. They found their stride. You know that they've they've won five in a row. Uh, after a big a big week this last week, we talked about that taking on you know Wyoming and Indian Hill, who were undefeated in the league to start things off going into the week. And of course, your girls ended both both those undefeated starts for them. In particular, Indian Hill ending their 22 game league win streak. So they're coming on strong, playing very very well, 10 and four on the year overall. And the thing that gets me too is they're average, they're allowing just 25 and a half points in league play thus far through six games. So not just small sample size, they've played some games and allowing just under 26 points per game, which is just crazy. So when, when they see these results are coming in and especially now knowing that they're doing it on a consistent basis, how much of a mental edge can that give them knowing that the opponents are going to see tape and see how good this team is and see how much of a grind it's going to be just to even come close to 30 points. Yeah, I, th- I think it's a big plus for them. They've, uh, you know, we went in this week trying to avenge the Wyoming game that we lost uh, earlier. They shut them out in the first quarter. We put up 18. Yeah, you get 18-point lead in the first quarter. It's usually going to bode well for you. And then yeah. the defense in the, in the Indian Hill game was outstanding. And we're getting some different shooters every game. Madison Kaiser, I think, shot 18 on uh, on Saturday. Kendall Spring was a hot hand against Wyoming. Uh, and they're getting, you know, uh, uh, Valentine's getting a lot of points, shoemakers playing great defense. So they're getting a lot of contributors as we go through this. And, uh, you know, we knew we were young going in, but they are really coming through right now. And the schedule is uh, working in our favor a little bit. We have Wednesday off this week. They play uh, – you know, they, they play Saturday, then they're off Monday. They they play Wednesday, Saturday. So we kind of got through that hard grind of three games in a week, four games in a week. And uh, so hopefully the legs get a little bit rested and, and finish strong coming down the league stretch here. Do you think that can pay off for your team down the road that they're through the stretch where it's three games a week and other schools such as Indian Hill or, Indian Hill or Deer Park, they're having to play catch up in that regard? Absolutely. Absolutely. We get back on a regular routine and it's just going to give them an extra day of rest, a uh, day off. You know, they can clear their minds. They're not getting a one day of prep for, for an opponent. So um, we, we still have Indian Hill again. We're, we're done with yeah. Wyoming. We still have Madera again. Um, and then we have our other league school. So, uh, yeah, they still have to go out and play, but the schedule spreads out a little bit. That's, that's definitely a plus. Over on the boys' side, things not going so well. After winning four in a row uh, up until a couple of weeks ago, they've now since dropped four straight. You know, Hughes, the big one to Elder. Of course, Elder just beat Moeller this yeah. past week, so everybody has seen how good Elder is this season. So uh, you take your hat off to Elder for what they did there. But then you have the one-point loss to Taylor, and then Indian Hill gets you by 11. And one of the things I'm, I'm noticing during this stretch right now is the offense has really seemingly hit a wall. The first nine games of the year, you're averaging nearly 59 points per game. During this four-game slide, they're only your team's only averaging 42 points per game. Is there one thing that the coaches are trying to figure or trying to work on? I should say to uh, get the offense cranked back up, especially ahead of a game coming up against Wyoming, who is always one of the best defensive teams in the league. Yeah, I, I know Coach Caldwell preaches defense a lot, and so uh, you can't always score more points, but you can always play defense and that's what the coaches will always say um you know when we started off hot we were playing some teams we hadn't played before uh which worked in our favor we were uh, pretty aggressive 
you know, the, the Hughes output was a good scoring output. Elder is Elder. I mean, it's a, it's a big D1 school that just knocked off the Giants uh, you know, last Friday, so, so good for them. Um, but our, our game against Taylor, you know, pretty good defensive struggle. Uh, lost one of our players in the first quarter, um, which, which, which hampered our scoring there. But we had the lead. And we had a five-point lead at the end of the third quarter going into that game. I think we stretched it to eight. Just didn't take care of the ball. Um, so shame on us. Um, we got them into foul trouble. We we never made. We never took advantage of it. And then um, and then Saturday night against Indian Hill. Give Indian Hill credit. We we're a little flat. That was a very uh, that was a very tough loss. Uh, we you know we had the last shots at the basket on Friday night, and, and everyone just seemed a little bit flat. So yeah, we've got to get some wind back in our sails. There's not a whole lot of rest. Finneytown comes knocking tonight. Wyoming comes knocking on Friday, uh, but then the schedule works out for the boys too. They get a couple Saturdays off, so um, hopefully they can regroup and and go. They're a very aggressive bunch on on offense. So get our running back, get back into it. Um, a win here, a win there. We're right back in the middle of it. Is this something the the way the offense has been struggling as of late that it is is now a, is now becoming more of a concern for the coaches given the fact that, that we're now four games into it or is it something they feel like maybe they're turning the corner on and they've got a good handle on how to fix it going forward? No, I don't. I don't think they're panicking yet. Like I said, in in that stretch, you got elder, um, and that's what they they won. They beat Moeller forty two forty. So they don't yeah. give up points, you know, they, they don't give up points there. Like I said, um, you know, having an injury, losing one of our scores um, Friday night, that impacts those two games there. Um, and so, so we'll get, we'll get a little bit more concentrated on who's doing our scoring now. Um, but no, we'll just, we'll run our offense. We get into it. We run uh, coach likes a transition. He likes a fast transition. So, so we have to get back to that. Let's jump into the pool, and uh, teams were at West Claremont over the weekend. We talked about Nathan Cox a week ago and uh, his post-Marymont plans. He's, he's going mm-hmm. off to dive at the University of Denver uh, for college, and he goes and wins the West Claremont Diving Classic, which is a pretty big deal. A lot, a lot, of, a lot of really good divers and really a lot of good swimmers you know, in, in that thing, so that, that's nothing to shake a stick at uh, there as well. So a, a big day for him. Uh, how are your? How is he and your uh, swimmers now feeling as they're heading into you know, a pretty big showdown with Madeira coming up? You know, it's uh, well. You know, we faced Madeira earlier. Um, we're, we're getting towards the end of the season now. We've got Madeira this week. We've got CHC next week, and then it's a sectional tournament. So um, some swimmers are going to start their taper. Uh, but Nathan's is in his stride. He's had a great year. He set the school record uh, week before. Uh, on our board here at pool record, uh, school record. So good for him. Uh, yep. The swimmers are, are, are really tuning up the boys with, with Mike Sell and, and Forbes and Fonstock and um, yeah, just yeah, Cooper. Um, they're, they're really swimming well. Now they're, they're putting some time together. They're getting that consistency uh, of swimming every week. Uh, and same thing with the girls. You know, we've got, we've got, we've got uh, Ava Ellis and we got, um, you know, Jacqueline out there and, and just knocking it out, putting great times in, uh, getting multiple events. So I think the swimmers are ready. Um, it, it's been a long season just because, just because of the way the season's been. So it's, it's going to be good to get out of our pool, get to sectionals. Um, but I yeah. think they're ready. I think they're excited to, to see what we can do. And a really good springboard into the, and towards the regular final weeks of the regular season with their performance up at West Claremont. Yeah. Let's let's move on to the lanes and uh, let's start with the girls and they're they're kind of in a tough spot right now. You know, you're playing in a very uh, tough league. The the CHL is 
very good this year. Uh, Taylor's off to a good start. Wyoming has set a school record for wins mm-hmm. this season. They're bowling well. But in looking at your team, the last couple of last few times out have been rough. You know, you, you've only had a, a four a four bowlers to go. Yeah. So you're already playing. You're already playing behind there, and yet they're still wanting to go out and compete. Still wanting to take on these matches when you know you could easily see some other schools say, you know, we're down a bowler, we're down two bowlers. You know, we're just going to opt out, so to speak. But your team's not doing that. So what can you tell us about the resolve? and the toughness from these young ladies to want to go out and compete knowing that they're shorthanded these last few matches. Well, you know, it makes it difficult. It makes it difficult to win. Um, but, but bowling is kind of an individual team sport as well as some, as some of these other sports. So they can go out and, and they can throw their high games. They can get ready for the sectional tournament as well, because individuals can qualify for the districts. And so, you know, they, they keep going out again after it. Ashley Faulkner, uh, one of our team leaders, you know, she's she's a four year bowler for us. She's she's been good for all four years. Um, she's she keeps bumping that average up a little bit, and she's getting ready for districts. And so, you know, it's just a matter of you know we've got games to play, and um, yeah. even though we're shorthanded, let's go do it. Um, we're still having a season, in spite of everything else. Let's go and give it our best, and, and we'll just muddle we'll, we'll muddle through it. And you know, when we're 100 percent again, and, and and get the other bowlers back. Uh, we'll be in good shape, but yeah, they're just, they're, they're preparing and just competing the best that they can. Over on the boys side, uh, they continue to make really nice strides. You know, and, and one of the things I, I've noticed in, in looking how things have gone here, you, you have a really tight match with Redding come up a little short there. However, set a school record for scoring uh, in the, in that match. So you get that there, your, your scores continue to improve. You get the nail biting win over deer park. And I'm looking at the way things have gone just over the last several matches, the last four matches, the scores have continually increased, increased, increased. And that's what you want heading into the, to the end of the season. We talked about Sammy Henkel last week and how good he's been in his development. And then since then he throws two sixty six against Reading. I mean, hello, and then you got Zamir Thoman shows he goes 223, a career high against Deer Park. Yeah. Nathan Turner goes for 196 against Redding. So everything is trending as you would want. Mm-hmm. These guys are hitting their stride, sort of starting to peak at the right time. How close do they think they are to that peak right now? Uh, I think they still have some ways to go. The beginning of the season was so disjointed with with matches getting canceled, the Queen City Classic getting canceled, our Classic getting canceled. And, and I think going into Christmas break, we had three or four matches. And so and we had three last week. We've got three again this week. Uh, like like you said, the Reading match, we we go out and we bowl a school record, and Reading goes out and breaks their school record. So, yeah. you know, what can you do? Just just a wrong night to bowl the school record. Uh, yeah. Sammy hit that 266. His first match was in the 240s. You know, it was a mirror. Uh, getting up to career highs for us as well. So yeah, they're they're getting ready. They're just they're on the lanes and competing and figuring it out, which which we know. So you know, give them another two weeks before the sectionals go, and and we think we're in a position to make a run with the boys. You talked about before with the girls, and it also applies to the boys. It's an individual team sport. Yes, you can get the teams to advance in the postseason, but you can also get the individuals to advance as well. As we're winding down the regular season, how much? Of a, of a daily balance do they have in be- between trying to see what how the opponents like to like to throw and just focusing on themselves and try to imp- trying to continue to improve these scores both for the boys and the girls yeah I, I don't know how much they they look at that going into the match I, I know that's something they try to make adjustments 
and, and change the lineup during a match when someone gets hot. Um, you know, Sammy going on that run uh, in that, in that Reading match, it was just, it was great to see, but then Reading has to make that adjustment. So you, know, you want your guys to get hot, but, but yeah, it's just, it's kind of like swimming too. You can't, you look in the lane next to you to see where the person is, but you really can't, uh, you really can't gauge your performance on that. You still have to go out and, and do what you can do and, and roll your best games and just continue to keep getting better. And, you know, we've had a lot of matches at Madison Bowl and, and now we're getting away from home and, and going to some other lanes. And so that's good for them to figure out as well. Uh, going to Coleraine where the, uh, where, where the sectionals will be uh, against a good Coleraine team today. And then back with Reading tomorrow at Crossgate. It's going to be good for our guys to just get out of our own building and see the world a little bit. Yeah. They, they've uh, really hit their stride, as you said, and getting, getting close uh, yeah. to that peak point there. And as we, as you said there as well, it's, and I've thought of it kind of a different way too. You can't play defense when you're bowl, when you're in bowling. So you can only yeah. focus on uh, so much there for the boys. I'm wondering the, 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 the progression of some of the other kids behind Sammy, you know what you have in Sammy Hankel at this point, mm -hmm. and everybody else knows what you have at this point. Uh, in in Sammy Hankel and he, he, you know you basically have an anchor that that you yeah. can if you if you need him to go throw 250 and now 266 he can get it done H how much does his continued level of performance continue to drive the others to try to meet that or is, is that their drive right now to try to catch up with Sammy at this point I don't know if that's their drive there's a good camaraderie um with his boys bowling team there always mm -hmm. has been and so I think yeah. that helps pull the younger ones along the, just you know, the inclusiveness of the team. Um, just, just, just get everyone involved and let them be relaxed and roll their games and, and do what they can. So not putting too much of a burden on the younger players shoulders, but letting yeah. the seniors, or I should say the upperclassmen carry the load and, and see what we can do here. One of the interesting things I've noticed too, as we're winding the show here today and talking about your various winter sports programs is there's a lot of youth spread out amongst all seemingly all your winter sports programs. You're relying on a lot of freshmen and sophomores to, uh, to come in and produce at the varsity level and do it at a high level in order to try and pick up wins in whatever the sport may be. I'm wondering, as you've seen these youngsters come in and seeing how different the, the training regimen is and practice is getting moved and, and matches and games getting moved and postponed and canceled and whatever the case may be, can it serve as maybe an underlying advantage to, to your programs that you have so much youth that they don't understand and know how things are in a normal scenario that, that the, a COVID protocol season is all they know. And that can be an advantage down the road. It, it might be an advantage down the road. I, I think part of the advantage is you know, we've had great leadership on our teams in the past and you know, a, a sign of a good leader uh, is a legacy they leave behind. And that legacy is how uh, those behind you lead and, and take up the, and, and take up the leadership mantle. So, um, you know, there, there's been a, a pattern of excellence in our programs throughout mm -hmm. girls basketball and, and, and boys basketball and, and now boys bowling and, and especially swimming. And so yeah. you know, they just see what that that's been in the past. They learn how to, uh, include the other teammates, maybe, uh, you know, the club swimmers, because they're not always with the team, but when they come in, they're made to feel part of the team. Um, the, the swimmers that don't swim year round, you know, they're, they're part of the team. Your basketball players that are multi-sport athletes as opposed to uh, single sport athletes, just how you make all that mesh. Um, mm -hmm. And I think that's part of the strength of our programs is, is the inclusivity. And, 
they, they've learned in the past how to lead. And then when things get rough, the leaders know how to step up to the front. Lastly, before I let you go here, we're, we're talking about this this winter sports season, and right now it's 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 gone off pretty smoothly in the grand scheme of things. Mm-hmm. Not a lot of shutdowns and whatnot for uh, your programs, which is a good thing, and obviously it's a credit to you and, and to your student-athletes and coaches that everybody's been able to stay safe uh, during this time. I'm wondering for you as an athletic director, how often are you checking emails, creating emails, on phone calls, talking about games and practices getting moved or, or calling other schools to say, Hey, can you pick, do you want to pick up a game here? Do you want to pick up a match there? How busy is that for, aspect for you? Yeah. From that aspect of it, uh, as I told our boosters last night, basketball season this year is like baseball season um, because someone cancels on you, um, you know, the day before a game, they, they've had a positive test, they have to quarantine. And so then you're working the phones, trying to find working emails, trying to find an opponent for tomorrow night. I have officials, I have ticket sales, I have everything ready to go. Who wants to play? Uh, which, which is what happens with baseball a lot of times. Teams get rained out, games have to be made up, people get dropped. Um, so between your coaches working their networks, between ADs working their networks, yeah, you scramble and you find games. You know, sometimes it's 18 hours before the game. Uh, you know, it, might be, it might be 22 hours before a game. But you're finding you're finding people to play, and and all the ads are in the in the same boat this way, and so we have to work together. Um, and there's probably some that don't, but you know we want our kids to have as full of a season and as good of an experience that they can. And so whatever it takes, working the lines, you know, checking the, you know, checking your phone at all hours for emails of who's looking for games because someone's always looking, um, or directing someone to a school that's looking for games. Uh, any way you can help, you know, we just all work together. Um, it's been, uh, it's, it's, it's been tiring, but that's, that, that's our job, you know? And yeah. so years when there's no snow cancellations, no delays, no, no problems. Uh, the, okay. Those are easy ones. So we made up for about 20 years worth of those this year. <laughs> <laughs> that's fine. That's our job. Um, that's what we do. And that's what the kids deserve. That's what our people deserve. And uh, not only yourself, but all, uh, all the other athletic directors in the area have done a great job in, in facilitating that and working together. And, mm-hmm. you know, I can imagine in, 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 in quote unquote normal seasons, you may not necessarily always get 100% cooperation from a lot of other directors for a lot of different reasons. Everybody yeah. has their own situations to deal with there, but uh, you know, you're certainly doing a great job there at Mary Tom. We certainly appreciate a little bit of your time here today. Uh, rest up when you can, and yeah. uh, we'll, we'll, we'll check back in with you next week. Sounds good. Good seeing you. Thanks for the time. Absolutely. That is Marymount Athletic Director Tom Neural joining us for this week in Marymount Warriors Athletics here at MarymountSports.com and ESP Media powered by Sidearm Sports.